In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Orange is lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Jim and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hey everyone, I'm Mark Marble. And I'm Jim Ford. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 415. Woohoo! Yes. We're all excited, but not about the main topic of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got some we got some really interesting stuff to talk about today. Uh, but first, we have a Green Lantern review. Yes, so we'll try to make this quick and as painless as possible. Um, Jim... Jim has volunteered to do this review, which I'm not going to complain about, even though up until like 10 minutes ago, I believed I was going to be doing it. <laughs> but considering I'm I'm destined to have to, based on the fact, well, not maybe indefinitely, because Far Sector will be ending, so then Chad Chad's ability to coast through and not have to deal with the Green Lantern might, uh, eventually that bell's going to come due. But I I would gladly take a reprieve. Uh, so go ahead, Jim. Let's di- Let's dive into this masterpiece of an issue and then we can move yes. on to the actual stuff we would we prefer to talk about <laughs> i'm throwing myself on the quad grenade <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. okay green lantern season two oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry the green lantern <laughs> season two <laughs> issue eight <laughs> not not issue nine <laughs> Uh, this is written by Grant Morrison, unfortunately. Uh, we have a wonderful art, once again, from Liam Sharp, and, um, yeah, you know, the rest. Okay, so you can't really, well, I, mean, I guess you could review this chronologically through the issue, but that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, as, if you read this. Since everything goes backwards, according to them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've read this issue, it's it time jumps backwards, and it, it's not the kind of thing you know. It's not even like a simple thing where like every page goes backwards. It's like you know, you read like two pages, then it goes back an hour, and then it goes back fifteen minutes, and then it goes back you know another two hours or whatever. And it's also it's all like multiple pages and just jumping around. And I think at one point they jump back into the like only an hour ago portion um there's a lot of jumping around but in any case so what essentially happens in this issue is we find out the whole premise behind the attack from last issue uh no i'm not i'm sorry not that was last issue was where hal died right yes last issue was the good issue okay so this is Following up with issue six, where the weaponeers of or the Quardians or whatever the Quamen, whatever they're called now, where they came into the regular universe, the plus matter universe, 
and attacked everybody. The basic gist of it is that the Weaponier 666, who is the antimatic version of Hal Jordan, went into the, you know, he planned this whole attack and, like, killed Green Lanterns all so that he could lure them into the antimatter universe to blow up the Lightning Forge, which I guess is the source of the power for the Weaponeers and the um, uh, the ones who run the Weaponeers. Um, the Sector Dictators or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like those, like, you know, who are, like, the, um, I guess their answer to uh, the Guardians. Uh, so whoever runs that core, I guess, I, it, I think it would be the, the Weaponeers, right? Uh, possibly. It's so friggin' confusing at this point. I don't so, know. I, I t- <laughs> um, so in any case, uh, yeah, so he wants to lure Hal Jordan to, into the Animated Universe to blow up the Lightning Forge, basically to do his dirty work for him. Um, because it's also revealed in this issue that Weaponier 666, the antimatter version of Hal Jordan, is in love with the antimatter version of Sinestro. And since Sinestro here is like a war criminal, he can't be with him. It, you know, it's like, um, it would be like treasonous or whatever. So he's got to like, you know, skulk around in the shadows and everything. And, you know, what he really wants is to be with him, but since he knows that in this universe, love can't really exist, and it's, you know, it's bound to die anyway, like, he needs to figure out some way to overthrow the, you know, the, the people that run this antimatter core. Um, and to do that, he wants to blow up the forge, and also he wants to kind of wants to kill Sinestro because by killing Sinestro and he says it, they say it like in the very, very end of the issue, which is the beginning of the story that this Weaponier 666 would do absolutely anything. He would give up anything, including his greatest love for the power to overthrow, you know, and, and take control of his own life and basically get freedom. You know, like, he wants to be free, and if he's ever going to do that, he has to have, you know, immeasurable more power, um, immeasurably more power, I should say, and to do that, he has to suffer, because he also believes that the most power you can get is from suffering and pain. Pain leads to power, suffering leads to power, so if he can endure the most amount of suffering, then... He will eventually have the power to overthrow the the sector, the the dictators or whatever. Um, yeah. So getting back to what actually happens in the issue, he they they go in. Uh, yeah. So at the beginning, which is the end of this issue, they go into the plus matter universe. They attack the Green Lanterns. They kill the Green Lanterns. They escape back into the antimatter universe. The Green Lanterns follow behind. They fight a bunch, um, and, you know, they're, they're basically winning, you know. And Hal Jordan fights Weaponeer 666, and they're, like, getting closer and closer to the, um, the Lightning Forge. And then all of a sudden, like, Hal Jordan realizes what's going on, and he realizes that it's all a setup. And he says to him, it's like, listen, you know, like, 
I see what you're doing. I want you to know that I could destroy you and everything here, but I'm not going to. And the guy's like, wait, so you're showing me mercy? And Haljorn's like, no, no, no. No, if I killed you, that would be mercy. (laughs) 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 Knowing how bad this universe really is. Um, Yeah, so he's like, just, you know, don't you ever, ever come back. And he, you know, and all the Green Lanterns leave that universe, you know, bound for the plus amount of universe. So since he couldn't get Hal Jordan to do it, he ends up destroying the Lightning Forge himself. Um, Sinestro dies in the blast as he's, you know, cradling his his dead body. The um, antimatter version of the, uh, uh, the bird woman comes in and says, I saw what you did. I know what you did. I'm going to rat you out, blah, blah, blah. And she does. And so, you know, we end with him being strung up by the, you know, the, the, the leaders. And it's interesting what they say. They say to him that, you know, uh, hold on one second. I want to get the actual thing. How much more pain can you withstand? No punishment we can devise will ever be enough, Weaponeer 666. Uh, tell us what happened to the Lightning Forge. By saying that, how much more pain can you withstand? Knowing that he equates pain with power, basically, this is just kind of fueling him up for ultimate power to, you know, break free and have his freedom. I don't know how he's going to get out of it because he looks like kind of a jumbled mess. It almost looks like they've ripped everything out of him and he's just like the organic section, like just being like stabbed with spikes or something like that oh and when i say that's the end of the story that's like the first page so that's like yeah it's like it's like it's like vader getting uh his his back to tank bath like a mustafar <laughs> it's whatever whatever not mechanical is it that's what all you see yeah oh god you did a much better you did a more thorough job than i did i would have done with this i will give you credit for this but but I've been dreading doing this a lot longer than you have, so maybe that there's a, there was an element <laughs> of that in this. This is a steaming pile. I mean, the reality is, and when I read it the first time, the whole backwards narrative thing, I really didn't pay nearly as much attention to that as I did to the backwards dialogue of the Green Lanterns, which, of course, it makes sense thematically in this issue, because when the Cordians, or whatever that, they're not, they're not even weapon, we know they're not even weaponers, they're weaponeers! <laughs> <laughs> that when they're in our our universe, they speak backwards, so it makes perfect sense. And on one level, when we're in theirs, we speak backwards. It doesn't make it any less fucking annoying, especially because we actually speak in complete sentences. <laughs> for, for the most part, when they were in ours, they're just saying one word, one word. And it's, uh, uh, this is just, again, this is like everything that you don't want to deal, deal with. <laughs> and and, and the, with Grant Moore... Everything that Grant Morrison brings to the table on this book that's been a negative, that you that, that is just kind of like rubs you raw, that other than the fact that there aren't 8,500 re- uh, references to things that you have to go, to different books and different titles and things that he's done before that you have to go research, with the, but for the most part, the absence of that in this issue, it's still really, really annoying. The, the fact that, that we have to read a book, that we really have to sit there and try to read backwards, sentence after you know, word after word after word, not that you can't do it. You don't really need to show this, put this next to a mirror to be able to figure out what's going on. You can do it backwards, but again. Well, listen, listen. If you have experience reading Zaytana Z- books, <laughs> 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 I 
then you could read this. The only thing that I had a little bit of trouble with was when the volcano head guy, he's like, uh, like I'm trying, I, I, it's not real words. It's like to gotchar rumble. Ah, to gotchar rumble. Ha. I, I don't, I don't, I, I have no idea what that's supposed to mean. I, I'm guessing that he speaks in some kind of like, you know, weird affectation because he's a lava face. But like it, trying to understand that affectation while reading it backwards is just I, this. No, it's just it might as well just be gibberish. It probably is. To me, it's just once again, it's just a cons- again, if this if this book had built up some cred where, where you felt where you, you you didn't have to struggle with in with in various forms of dealing with this month after month after month that having an issue like this which is not comfortable to read your main characters and everything they're yeah. saying is friggin' backwards you might be able to muddle through and say well that, that was kind of not fun but you know it, it is what it is but this book doesn't have that this book gives you crap you know one thing after another where it does not make the reading experience pleasurable and if it's not pleasurable, then for the for the for the average non non absolutely dedicated Green Lantern reader or or suckers like us who have no choice but to do it for the podcast, it makes you not want to read the story. Part of reading is you know it's like anything else you read. If you're reading a story and it doesn't grab you or it's just it rubs you the wrong way, then the odds are. Unless you like read like three quarters of whatever you're reading and before you got to that point, the odds are you're going to stop reading it, <laughs> and that's kind of what this is. It's like this. It's like, and it just makes it doubly, doubly painful because we just, as we reviewed our, you and I, the last issue, which is arguably the, if not, it's not the absolute best issue that they've done in two seasons of this book. That it's certainly the best issue of this season that they've done in this book, and now we follow it up with this crap, which again, sadly. It's still not the worst issue we've read in the Morrison run. Yeah. But it's but it's still not fun. It's not fun. I, I guess that's the ultimate negative critique I would have about this book in general, from beginning to end. This book is not fun. Yeah, I mean, like, like the way that I summed it up, like, I think that if you put the work in, and I mean, it's not a lot of work, but I mean, like, if you're, you know, if you're focused, like, you can kind of discern what the story is. That doesn't make it good. No. Like, I I don't even, like, discount the idea of the backwards talking and, you know, that kind of thing. Like, I, like you said, it, it, do, it makes sense in the narrative of the book because of, the, you know, the when the weaponers come to our universe, they talk backwards. Like, OK, fine. Like, that's not that's not really the worst of it. And. Once again, if you have a weaponeer telling the story from the antimatter universe, it makes sense that it would be told backwards. Like, you know, like these conventions are, you know, they're intriguing ideas. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know that it's ever been like super clear that the weaponeer is Hal Jordan. Like, nothing about this character screams Hal Jordan. Like, I think, I, I, yeah, I'm not really sure how we know that it's. Did they, did they mention that it's, he's Hal Jordan? I think there was something in season one that made it more clear that yeah. he was that the Qua, that the Qua Man or whatever was supposed to be like the opposite of was supposed to be. Hal yeah, Jordan. like everything about this antimatter universe is just kind of like it doesn't it doesn't really jive. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. 
it's all very like kind of nebulous ideas because we have like earth three like you know like the biggest thing is like you have earth three with you know the whole reverse everybody's evil whatever blah 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 and now the antimatter universe is like the same freaking thing only slightly different like it doesn't make any sense there's no need for it it's superfluous you know it's like you're basically using the antimatter universe which like are there antimatter universes for every universe or is it just randomly ours or you know just one antimatter universe for all of the multiverse i don't know in which case why would it be the opposite of just ours um and it would indicate it would seem to indicate that there's only one considering that we had from last season a bunch of green lanterns and like one antimatter universe um i I don't know like my, my my point is though like while there are concepts here that could be interesting ultimately the the story that is being told isn't really worth the trouble like this is a full page to a full 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 book to tell a story that i mean really like could be told within like four pages and then there's just like a bunch of filler there's one page where during the 45 minutes earlier portion he's meeting ambassadors from earth a minor planet in my sector he says radiating resentment they deliver my cut of their business and we see like and i i don't know i, I it's like an ultra woman it's a or um is it ultraman um what's the woman's name is it ultra woman i think it was ultra. uh superwoman something like that whatever um i know he's ultraman and power ring and power ring has with him seven batteries like from each of the different cores all all the different colors of the cores and like and nothing nothing comes of that like that to me like in one little panel that's the most interesting thing in the entire freaking book and he just you know brushes off they stink of sweat rage and stupidity i hate to be reminded of that pigsty planet i was raised among those brutes it's just kind of an interesting sentence by itself but I, I mean, you know, yeah, they, they, you know, did just kind of pointing out once again that it is Hal Jordan. But I mean, like, there's so many things that make no sense about that. Like, why would this power ring have all seven batteries? Why would all seven batteries be in this universe? They shouldn't be in this universe. He shouldn't have access to them. He shouldn't be giving them, giving them as a tribute to this Qua Man. What is the relationship to, of Qua Man to Power Ring? Is there any relationship? I like none of this. None of this works. None of this jives. And it's like you know Morrison's not like he's he's throwing things out like to him like oh yeah yeah we'll throw that reference in because it, it's the antimatter universe and this power ring is from the antimatter universe oh yeah and throw in the batteries like like he's never gonna follow up on that it doesn't have to make any sense it's like oh yeah it's just something cool but meanwhile it's like no that would have been the, the most interesting thing about this freaking issue and we don't get anything about it at all it is interesting. Well, it is. It's it's also interesting that we know, like now we've had two issues in a in a row that they have on some levels referenced the emotional spectrum. So because we, we know they did that during our during the Spectre issue that they we mentioned the the emotional spectrum. So I don't know. It's it's not it's not an enjoyable ride at all. And considering that once again that 
I know issue nine technically came out yesterday. Uh, yeah. And based on Jim's early vibes, that's not that that's not much better than this issue. That the reality is, we're like three quarters. We're three quarters through the season, and you could probably pick out one or two issues maybe that are well actually i don't even know if we can technically pull out two issues this season and say that that are good they may not be bad we know let me the specter issue was good but off the top of my head i don't know if there's another issue that i really really liked as as opposed to just not hating okay i should clarify that issue nine is not a horrible issue. It's not bad. It's definitely not bad. You mean it's easier to understand? Oh, it's it's a thousand percent easier to understand. Um, it's it has some enjoyable aspects to it. Uh, I think for my money, the it's the story. Like I mean, like I I completely understand the story that he's telling. I just don't think that it's a good one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. Like, and maybe we'll get to, you know, issue 12 of this season and he'll tie things up in such a way that it will justify and give a payoff to these prior issues. But I mean, the way that he sets this stuff up, it's almost as if like he's setting it up for something so grandiose that he could never pay off on it. Yeah. Also, the one, the other one, other thing that I will say is that there's only one Oa in the multiverse. So when you read that issue, keep that in mind because apparently Morrison forgot, and I don't understand how Morrison can forget something like that. Now you have now you have me intrigued. I'll have to make sure I grab that early next week since I did not pick up. I haven't picked up my stuff in a few weeks. Well, but yeah. So this issue is big, big step down from last last month for us. Mm. All right. Move on to something more fun. Yeah, yeah. Give me, give me, give me a palate cleanser. All right. So you, <laughs> you had a story you wanted to tell. So that, so this, this is your segue into your, into your palate cleansing story. Well, why, why don't you, why don't you give me anything else, any other topic first before I jump into that? Okay, I can do that if you prefer. <laughs> uh, I'll just have to, I don't, I'll just have to alter how I wrote the episode up already, but it's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about. Okay. No, okay. Did you did you watch Saturday Night Live this past week? No, I haven't watched Saturday okay, Night Live so, in forever. <laughs> I don't watch it like from from uh, beginning to end, but I, I do you know catch a couple of skits here and there. <laughs> and there was a, a, a skit that they had about the anniversary of uh, Mario, and like they're, they're talking with like different people that worked on it and historians and different things like that. And then there's these two fans who are telling a story about (laughs) their first time playing Mario and, you know, how, how amazing it was. But like one of the kids, like they're, they're riding home on their bike. (laughs) And he gets into a bike accident and ends up just (laughs) popping his, uh, his junk. (laughs) <laughs> to the point where he has to be in the hospital for reconstruction surgery. And it's just like this horrendous story right in the middle of them, you know, talking about how great Mario is. And the very next guy that they go to, it's like, he's like, what? He's like, I, I can't do it. He's like, I can't follow that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
it's an excellent skit. Uh, that's one that I would definitely search YouTube for and check out if I were you. So, <sighs> so, so in other words, is that your reason why you don't want to go into is that is that is that your analogy for why you want me to se- give you a different segue before you go into your story? <laughs> yes, that's a, that's a, a thousand percent why. Yeah. I assumed. I just wanted to make sure. All right, so let's let's brief well well relatively briefly, I'm sure. Let's talk about the little Ryan Reynolds thing you posted to me like a week or so ago, which is from We Got This Covered, which means it's probably 100% crap because most they in movie web are like equal in the crap department these days. Yeah. But you you posted this article which was that you know again based on you know rumor slash inside knowledge that there are at least some people at Warner Brothers that regardless of what uh Zack Snyder might want that there are some people at Warner Brothers who do not want Ryan Reynolds to come back to play Green Lantern. They're not opposed to Ryan Reynolds coming back to be something else, but they're but they do not. But there's a certain uh, faction in Warner Brothers that does not want to have Ryan Reynolds come back and be Green Lantern for the reasons that we've talked about a lot on this show lately, which is that he can't shut his <laughs> damn mouth about running the Green Lantern into the ground. And they have these plans to, obviously with the TV show, and they still have plans for the movie, that they have plans to basically kind of rehabilitate and relaunch this character. And by bringing Ryan Reynolds back to do that, now you can now you run the chance of just kind of like uh kind of like not even it's not even like digging up you know digging up old wounds or whatever it's a reopening old wounds it's the fact that he's almost single-handedly responsible for the wound never being allowed to heal to begin with and now and now you're putting him back it's almost like you're rewarding him for for running down the franchise uh um, yeah so and to be perfectly honest and again in my mind you the article hedges their bets by saying that they're not they're, that no matter what they're not making they're not claiming that this decision has been made and that Warner Brothers is as a as a group is 100% committed to oh yeah they've made the decision that they've done that Ryan's not coming back they make it clear that there's still a chance that you know in their little power struggle you know WB might eventually acquiesce and let Snyder do what he wants but that being said you have to believe, because this is common sense, which is why you have to believe it, there have to be some people up and higher up than Warner Brothers who absolutely believe that, even if the story is bullshit as far as the sources. You have to believe there certainly are people at Warner Brothers could, that just being human would say, why the, hell, why the hell should we allow this guy to come back and do this when he's done nothing but shit on us for like the last nine years? When, you know, over, needlessly too. I mean, he's moved on. Uh, he's got, he's got... He's got Deadpool, or, so it's like he's so yeah. You would you could absolutely believe there's there 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 is some uh, fire to match the smoke, but well, first off, I said palate cleanser, and then you give me Ryan Reynolds. That was the Come next on, thing Mark. on my list, baby. I had a, I do have a bunch <laughs> of other things to mention, but it's so loosely. But I know okay. I know what you mean. It's true. He's, so he cleanses nothing. Yeah, I mean this is this is the kind of thing where like. This is almost common sense reporting because not even him shitting all over Green Lantern for, you know, a decade or so. Just the fact that he is the face of the last Green Lantern movie, which in their eyes failed. I mean, it still it it kind of broke even. No, it didn't. I know we go back to it. It 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 really did, and it did not make that. It did not make much money when you factor in the budget and everything else. It had to basically. Yeah. But but it's not the biggest the bu- bomb of all time, no. But no, but I mean, like, if you look at the budget and you double it for um, marketing costs, and then you factor in the box office and DVD sales, and I mean, you know, you can't really rely too much on merchandise sales from that movie. No, but I mean, like, it was it was pretty close to paying itself off. I think 
it just about made it. But regardless, like it didn't it didn't make any money. No. Like, you know, like that's 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 something you can't, you know, really debate. Like the movie didn't make any money. So at the end of the day, it was a failure to them. And because it didn't make money and they consider it a failure, everybody else considers it a failure too. So if he's the face of this failing Green Lantern movie, then why would you want to put his face out there again for anything when you have a TV show coming out in less than a year and potentially a movie coming out in two years or so that you hope to, like you said, completely relaunch the brand and take the Ryan Reynolds stink off of, you know, all of it. And I mean, and we've talked about this a million times, None of us think that Brian Reynolds was, you know, what was wrong with that movie. I mean, they could have been a little bit better, but he he wasn't the, the bad part. But he is part and parcel with that movie. Like, you can't separate them. So, like, bringing him back for a Justice League movie, which, I mean, I never thought that they needed to make anyway. But, you know, whatever. They're making this this movie they're dumping a ton of money into this movie with reshoots when it's not going to have any bearing on wait a second did they is this going to have no bearing are they going to make a sequel to this is that potential any, excuse me as my voice goes peter brady for a second uh, anything anything has anything's possible we have potential snyder again is just shooting off his mouth talking about oh i know what i'll do in the second one if we ever if i ever get to we have we have no idea if there's going to be a second one. It's just because we don't we we don't even know really really what the hell they're doing other than the fact that they want they want to give people a reason to buy HBO Max. I mean, really, we don't know why they're why they're. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so. I don't know. Um, I I I, I hope they they don't. Uh, you could just as easily get anybody else. Listen, you can get Tom Cruise. You can get Tom Cruise to play Green Lantern for five minutes. You know, and everybody would love it. I mean, generally speaking, I mean, again, if he had, if he just shut up about running the movie down, and I mean, again, if if there would be, and we kind of talked about this when we did the uh, the case for Green Lantern episode, that at the time, you know, he really isn't. He at the moment, he isn't, you know, con- contractually obligated to to Warner Brothers, so they really have no influence over you know, over what he's what he does, what he says. Now, if he would be willing to basically shut the hell up as the trade-off, you know, that, okay, you know, we're, we, will, we will at least consider this or we'll do it, but you really have to, you know, we just need to just shut up about this. You cannot, you know, if you, whatever. But, again, if unless they really have plans for him down the road and he's interested, then, then that make in theory, that means nothing to him because he could agree to it and still turn around and do what he wants to do after afterwards. Anyway, I, I would, I mean, we know Green Lantern should have been in that movie. It's, it, it was a travesty, really, that you're doing, you're putting the Justice League together and you don't have Hal in it. And not just because of what a pain in the ass one way or the other Ray Fisher has become as, with Cyborg. <laughs> that besides the fact that Cyborg should really, A, not be in the Justice League to begin with, and B, certainly shouldn't have been one of the founding members of the Justice League. That if you needed more <laughs> reason, you should have gone had Hal Jordan in there or even... Um, we just, we see the post you know post facto stuff with uh, with, with John's Whedon Gate and everything. I don't know. I just think I thought when you posted that to me again, it is it is like common sense 101. So that you, you know there's got to be truth in it somewhere, even if the source for this article is you know is total garbage. 
that you mm-hmm. know that there has to be truth in it somewhere because why would people be happy? And one thing I want to mention, because I know I forgot to mention this when we did the case for Green Lantern when I was doing my Ryan Reynolds, uh, when I was venting on that. If there's one reason the guy should shut the hell up, it's because he met his damn wife on that movie. He wouldn't <laughs> have his wife and he wouldn't have his two kids without that project. doesn't matter that you know, whether it's true or not. We, we're, we're told they were not romantically involved when that movie was being made. It doesn't matter. The point is he met her on that movie, and that was the catalyst for them eventually getting together. So that's a real good reason for him not to moan and bitch about that movie as much or to at least acknowledge after he makes his, his jokes about it, go, but, you know, all kidding aside, blah, 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 blah. But he never does that. Yeah. So just shut the hell – I mean – I'm just, I'm just generally speaking, I'm, I'm, I've, I'm Ryan Reynolds out because yes, he plays, he plays himself 90% of the time, not all the time, but 90% of the roles that he plays, he plays the same freaking character. It's just, so it get, it gets old, and you know, as as far as a movie star goes, like again, Deadpool's the only movie he's ever quote unquote, quote unquote, been the star in that's made really made money. He's he's been a co-star in some things that have made money. He's been a co-star in a whole shit ton of things that have not made money, as well as being the star in things that haven't made money. So, I don't know. I just yeah, yeah. but you know, I mean, he sold his uh, his vodka, so I think he'll, he's financially set now. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. <laughs> Even though he's still sloppy seconds when it comes to the Rock. Now, Jin, he's Jin. He's gin. Oh. Yeah. The rock is vodka. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is gin. Well, not anymore. Aviator gin, I believe it was. That was his. Oh, yes. Yes. Aviator gin. That's right. Yes. Also based on. <laughs> but, yeah. Based so, on Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. Like, it all goes back to Green Lantern, fam. Owen gin. <laughs> Better than Romulan Ale. So, yeah. Let's just. Let's just it would be best for everyone to just move beyond Ryan Reynolds. And, I mean, it depends what the role of the Green Lantern was going to be. But, hell, fuck. I'd rather, I'd rather have I'd rather have Kilowog or Abin Sur show up. I, uh, yeah, Abin Sur would be great. Abin Sur would make a lot of sense. And that would be really good. And, they could, and, and I have no problem if they want to use Tamora Morrison's version of Abin Sur. That's fine. <laughs> it, it, just gives you a to, it just gives you a little time frame. It tells you, hey, this movie tipped. No matter what, this movie takes place before the Green Lantern movie. Uh, yes, but it, it's yeah. So it, it was a, it was interesting. It was an interesting read because of the fact that you know we had just the fact that we'd been talking about Ryan on this show. So, but it, <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to settle to settle the suit with Ray Fisher, they're gonna make him cyborg and Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> At the very end of the movie, he's gonna ride up. On a unicorn Pegasus and kill Darkseed single-handedly. Oh, God. Okay, so now I've got a story, and I think it's a pretty good story. So um, this starts 26 years ago, this story. So there I was, 14-year-old version of me, roughly, give or take a little bit. And I'm not doing the actual math. (laughs) We don't do math (laughs) on this show. (laughs) (laughs) So... Do you remember the Ultraverse? Uh, vaguely, uh, but yes, I do remember it. Vaguely? Come on, vaguely? <laughs> okay, so for anybody out there that doesn't remember the Ultraverse, like Mark, Ultraverse was an imprint from Malibu Comics, and it had like all these really amazing creators from the other big, you know, the big two that 
decided to like kind of like cut away and start their own imprint so that they'd all like own a piece of the um the royalties and whatnot they started like a whole line like right off the bat like i think there were like seven or eight issues uh and that like that started the whole line it was this cohesive universe um there were a couple of uh i think a couple of them went like 24 issues i don't know if anything went longer than 24 issues but they went for a while they had some crossovers it was a really really fun universe and then eventually marvel bought them and they were running some of the the characters that some of the characters had their own books and kept on you know telling stories with that they had like a little bit of a crossover with some of the actual marvel superheroes and then they all completely faded away and there are numerous theories and information that you can look into as far as why marvel doesn't use these amazing heroes but my story has not much to do with that. So as a big fan of the Ultraverse back then, like one of the other things that I was a big fan of was non-sports cards, the collectible non-sports cards. So if any of you have watched Chad's videos on YouTube, he did an unboxing of DC uh, cards. Um, did he do the uh, the second box yet? I don't know if I don't think I don't think he published that. I don't think that he did. I, I don't I don't recall. He might have. I I know that I watched one and I can't remember if I watched two. I would have watched it if I had seen it. And I I just can't quite remember if I saw it. Regardless, it doesn't really matter. But it's you know non sports cards. It's you know basically the same concept of baseball cards. Hey, listen, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what non-sports cards are. Seriously. But, you know, you'd have, like, the, the main deck of cards, uh, 90 cards, whatever, give or take. And then you'd have the chase cards. Sometimes it was holograms. Sometimes it's foil cards, whatever. So I was a huge fan of collecting the cards. I, you know, bought comics back then, all that stuff. Um, and since... You know, like, the cards, you know, would be a decent amount of money. You know, like, if I actually wanted to get a set, the best way to do it is to buy a box. Chances are, if it was my birthday or Christmas, I was asking for a box of cards. Now, going back 26 years ago, this Christmas, I, I asked my parents for this, this box of cards. It was the Ultraverse 2 series. It was Origins. So, you know, tons of these, you know, character cards and whatnot for the Ultraverse characters all stuff that I really love. I, I'm going through pack by pack by pack. You know, like, you know, we, we do open all our Christmas gifts. And then later on, it's like, okay, time for the cards. So I sit there and I'm just, you know, going through pack by pack, you know, looking at the cards that I'm getting, you know, trying to assemble a set, looking at the, the chase cards and things like that. I get through the entire box and, you know, I've got a couple of chase cards and pretty cool. And then all of a sudden, like I remember, or I, I was reading the box, I think it's on like the very side of the box in very small print. There were special chase cards, like very, like very special chase cards. The the, the thing about the, the super special chase cards, like they were like art redemption cards that you could mail in for actual art that the card series was based off of. And those were like uh, super, super rare, like one in like, I don't know, 10,000, 20,000 packs, something ridiculous. But then there were the autograph cards. 
And the autograph cards were also ultra rare. It was one in every 1,360 packs. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, that's super rare. I'm like, I didn't notice anything, though. I said, but I also wasn't really looking for an autograph card. I was just looking at the regular cards, and I'm looking at the, you know, for the chase cards. So I went through every single card again, you know, one by one by one, looking through. And about halfway through, I saw it. I had pulled a chase card. And this was one of the signed cards. And, like, I was just about out of my mind. Because, like, you know, I'm 14 years old, and this is, like, the rarest thing that I've ever pulled. And it was just, it was so cool. It was, the character was the Nightman. He was, his first appearance was in The Strangers, which was my favorite book. The Strangers and Nightman were both uh, created by Steve Englehart, who, here's the Green Lantern connection for this story, he was a, you know, a Green Lantern writer back in the 80s, was it? I think that's correct. Um, he's the one who wrote the Millennium uh, crossover, which is, I guess, one of the bigger Green Lantern, bigger cr- crossovers in the DC history that kind of centered around Green Lantern mythos. Um, he created the first version of the New Guardians, which was supposed to be something really great and ended up being something that... People kind of make fun of for a while, but it really did some amazing things in its time. But in any case, him and Joe Staten, they have you know, they had a, a decent run on Green Lantern. And um, and I, I knew that as a you know big Green Lantern fan back then. Like it's like, OK, so now I have a connection to Green Lantern. It's got a connection to the strangers. It's got the Nightman, who's a cool character in and of itself. Awesome. So this became one of my absolute prized possessions forever. And eventually they made a Nightman TV show. And it's like, oh, wow, that's even more cool. You know, this signed card. It's like, you know, this character is going on doing even cooler things. Um, okay, so time passes. And like my fondness for this this card, like never really like went away. It was always just like, well, you know, I'll always have that memory of that, you know, pulling that card, that signed card. It's awesome. Now... Cut to about a year ago, and I have this bag of collectibles and junk and stuff like that. And, like, you know, like, I move things around from my desk to the closet, you know, and some things go away for a little bit and some things come out. Well, this collectible card, along with a couple other collectible cards in, like, the those really heavy-duty... Um, card protectors like that had like the screws and the lucite and everything were in this bag uh, among, among other collectibles that i just kind of wanted to put away for a little while because they had been out for a while so they're in this bag it's just like a regular white plastic bag like you would get at like the comic book store or something like that and you know like i've got it in the bedroom and you know like it was kind of you know in the corner and lauren my wife she she says to me she's like you got to move this bag She's like, it's in my way. She's like, it's in the way of the closet. And she's like, I need you to move the back. I'm like, okay, you got it. And I completely forgot about it. And so this, you know, it it happens to be one Friday. And she says to me, she's like, listen, she's like, you have to move the bag. If you don't move the bag by Monday, I'm going to throw it out. And me being the flippant asshole that I am, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's fine. You throw that bag right out in the garbage if I don't move it, thinking that, oh, yeah, of course, I'll just move it in the next five minutes and be done with it. 
and, you know, it won't be an issue. So she had no idea what was in this bag. No idea. And me being a flippin' asshole that I am kind of played into the fact that it was probably just a big bag of garbage. <laughs> and so, well, I've got two kids and... Next thing you know, like, I completely forget about putting it away. And over the course of the weekend, I see the bag a couple of times, and I think, oh, yeah, I got to put that away. Let me just put that in the closet. And every single time I thought that, my kids would come in and distract me, and I completely forget about it all over again. Well, next thing you know, it's Monday morning, and I'm at work, and I get a phone call from my wife saying, do you know what you forgot? And I said, no, what did I forget? She's like, remember that bag that was in front of my closet that, you know, you said that you would definitely move. I'm like, oh my God. She's like, yep. She's like, I threw it out. I'm like, no, you didn't. She's like, yeah, I did. You told me that it would be fine. I said, you actually threw it away. She's like, yep, right in the dumpster. I'm like, you're kidding me. She's like, no, no, I definitely did. I'm like, she's like, why? What, what was in it? I said, I'm like, um, and at this point, like I was getting like emotional because like I remembered some of the stuff that was in that bag and like all of it was very, very hard to replace. And I'm telling her and she's like, oh, my God, she's like, why? Why would you tell me that it was OK to throw it away? And I said, because I'm an asshole. That's why. It's sarcasm, <laughs> damn it. I swear, like she's like, well, you know, maybe 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 you could, you know, maybe it's still there. I'm like, they pick up the garbage on Mondays. Sure enough, I get home on Monday and that gar that bag is long gone. You know, now it's like thinking about everything that was in that bag. And like, it was a bunch of collectibles and, you know, like just different things that are just so hard to come by. Like, I mean, like, for one thing, uh, my collection of playbills from like all the plays and mus musicals that I've ever seen. You know, like, they're all just gone now in a, in a landfill. And it, it it hurt. It definitely hurt. Keep in mind that that bag was, like, three, like, stop-and-shop plastic bags, like, tied up. Like, you would tie up garbage. Like, a big bag <laughs> I told them. tied up garbage. I clarified I want, that. I want everybody to know that. I specified. I want everybody listening to know this. That it, it wasn't like it was in like a nice bag and it was open and I could see into it. And I was like, oh, this is Jim's collectibles. Fuck this motherfucker. I'm throwing it out. It literally looked like tied up garbage. Just, I, just I, said, I, I specified I'm what kind of bag. I'm clarifying. I, I want, specified the I bag. Want she wants the world to you go. Don't know. <laughs> you don't know what kind of white plastic bags they have at the comic book store. Our listeners know. Listen. I was very specific. Listen. It's not like I could see through it. It was like three legs. I know. That's because plastic. it's a thick bag. In any case. So now all of a sudden this is gone. Now, the one fortunate thing about the playbills was that most of the plays that I have seen, I have seen with my wife. So she has most of them also. There were like maybe like two or three that I saw before meeting her. Not a huge deal. But, you know, like the, the cards that I lost, there was... The signed card. There was the the one true Superman card from the Bloodlines card set. There was a um, a Chrome card from Exo Manowar, and there was a sketch card of Cyclops from some X Men series. 
I mean, honestly, I could care less about the the Cyclops card. It just it never really meant anything. It was just kind of cool that I got a sketch card. But um, you know, I I go right onto eBay, and then, you know, this is again all last year. Go right onto eBay, looking around. I find the one true Superman card. Order that right away. I find the Exo Man of War card right away. No problem. Um, they're still pretty hard to find cards, but they don't really cost a lot when you do find them. The one thing that I could never find was the autograph card. I have not seen an autograph card move ever on eBay because they're so damn rare. And, you know, like how many boxes of this series are still out there? Because it's the Ultraverse. Come on. It's not like they sold every box. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So I was just I was very disappointed. But, you know, like, okay, I have my memories, whatever. And just try and forget about it and every once in a while like it pops into my head it's like man i still miss that card and then i forget about it again for a while and oh man i really forget i missed that card i can't believe it all got thrown away so like somehow i and i don't know how but i got under the impression that steve englehart had passed away and i don't know where i saw this or what made me think this at all but it just kind of like compounded it. It's like, oh man, he was a creator from the Ultraverse that I loved. He was a Green Lantern creator for, you know, the character that I love. I had this signed card. I no longer have it. And now he's passed away and I've completely missed my chance to get anything signed by him again. You know, I was feeling a little sad about it one day, fairly recently. And then I see Chad on Twitter talking about how he, you know, picked up a box of cards now, I have all the DC cards. I actually still have those. Those those are collections that I, I do really look back fondly on, and they haven't gotten thrown away yet. Yet. So, <laughs> yet. <laughs> realistic. Come on. I think to myself, I'm like, you know, I wonder if I could find a box of these cards, because I know that they're still out there. And if I can get them cheap enough, then maybe every once in a while I'll pick up a box and see if I can find a signed card. I know that the odds are, like, staggered, you know, really high against me on this one, but it's worth a shot. So I go and I look online, and I was able to find a box for about 12 bucks plus shipping. Not too bad. I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's worth that's worth a, a shot, you know? I, at the very least, it'll bring back the memories of opening up the packs. And so, you know, we get to the point of the story, which is pretty unbelievable, but I swear to God that it's true. Mark, I opened two packs. I opened two packs from this box. And in the second pack, I found a signed card. <laughs> now, <laughs> now there were, there were um, seven different cards that you could find. So, you know, like there were uh, seven different creators that had signed cards. And... You know, like, I don't know exactly how many went in, but based on there being seven creators and the odds of finding one, you know, in 1,360 packs, then the odds of finding a specific artist would be one in 9,520 packs. So, (laughs) So when I tell you that I opened up two packs... And I found another signed card by Steve Englehart. Like, 
my brain just kind of like went, oh, okay. <laughs> like, like, no, that, that should never be possible. I calculated the odds, and the odds of pulling two of the same signed cards would be one in like 19,000 packs or 529 boxes. And yet I managed to get two signed cards in two boxes 26 years apart. That is so, pretty impressive. Yes, so I have it. I have the, the same card. I, I I don't know. I don't know how this is possible. Um, it seems insane to me. But um, yes, I, I have that card. So after I got this card, you know, I'm like doing the research to get the odds and everything like that because I, I couldn't remember any of that stuff, and it just seemed bizarre to me. Like how how did this happen? Like you know, what what are the odds of this actually happening? So in my searches and you know all this stuff, I I realized that Steve Englehart is very much alive, so, <laughs> which is awesome, <laughs> but, especially for him. Yes, I would say so. So I emailed him this this entire story. So, you know, I was just going to, you know, I figured, okay, whether he reads it or not, you know, like, let me send this story off into the ether. And, you know, if he writes back, awesome. If not, no big deal. I have the card. And that's amazing. You know, I, I, I write to him. I, you know, tell him the whole story and tell him how much I appreciated Ultraverse and Green Lantern and all that stuff. And so he actually did write back. So he said, hi, Jim. He said, I think actually people bought up the boxes with the cool people and I was the only one left. That makes the odds much better. (laughs) (laughs) He goes on to say, in 1978, I had left comics forever, (laughs) I thought. So I hold my most valuable comics from my collection to the San Diego con and sold them. I was perfectly at peace with this. My wife and I had two teenage had two two teenagers who knew the comic market working with us. But one afternoon, my wife was working the table by herself, and she sold the second, third, and fourth issues of the Claremont Burn X Men for guide price, as I'd shown her how to do. But when my kids came back, they said they should have gone for triple the guide, and she has felt terrible about it ever since. Which is to say, that is what we get for marrying women who aren't cosplayers. (laughs) 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 He said, I wish we'd see the Ultraverse again, but it seems to be gone forever. I've wondered if Disney, which now owns the characters, wouldn't say, why do we own these guys and not make money off of them? But so far, no dice. I'm glad you liked them in their time. I did, too. That's nice. It was very nice. He didn't offer to, to sign your signed card? <laughs> you're, you're, no need. You're, you're, you're lucky you send it in the mail and, that, and it would get lost. Yeah, it's well, a, that's, It's not that a Joe Biden be. ballot, so I wouldn't be arriving <laughs> early and uh, often. Uh, all kidding aside. It, uh, the, the, the card, it, you know, it's, it's signed and it has, like, this um, emboss to it, you know, like uh, the the certif- certificate of authenticity kind of thing. Right. So yeah. In any case, that's my story. I think it's a pretty good one. It is pretty good. What's your lesson learned? <laughs> yeah, move, move your bag. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
<laughs> That's not my bag, baby. <laughs> it's not my bag, baby. I don't know why it's in front of my closet. In the dumpster it goes. Yeah. If you leave your sack lying around the wrong place, someone's going to throw it out. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <sighs> oh. oh, let's see. So I, I had a few other mini mini things that we can wrap up with. <laughs> so uh, did, did you want to mention, did you want to talk about your surety thing? <laughs> or did, you know, I, this is just, just the thought that I was having. And I mean, like, I, I should probably have more faith in Marvel. But, um, you know, like with, with uh, Chadwick Boseman passing away and like the mantle of Black Panther, they've already stated that it's going to go to, um, I forget the actress's name. Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright, yeah. Um, who played Shuri in the movie, his sister. She is going to take on the mantle of Black Panther. And like in the movie, Black Panther, like I love that movie. I thought Chadwick Boseman was really good. I don't think that he was amazing. I think that there conceivably would be better people that could play that role. Um, and that's not to take anything away from him, but he, you know, he did a fine job. Um, the, the character of Shuri, like, I loved her. Like, her character was phenomenal. Like, she's so smart. She's such a cool sister. Like, it was a really great role. And now, like, I'm trying to, like, think about it, and it's like, her taking on the role of Black Panther, I'm not really super excited to see that, because I think, like, I just liked her as her, you know, like, creating, like, cool science stuff, and, like, being the brains, like, seeing her as the brawn, and the muscle, and going out and fighting, and blah, 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 it's gonna take away from the really cool parts that I do actually like of, you know, of her. That's, that's just my, my thoughts on that at this point. I can, I can see that because at the end of the day, it's just going to make her more like Iron Man. You know, if she, if, if she's the one who's, if she's the one who's making the shit and wearing the shit, then she's pretty much going to be Iron Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, like Iron Man, I think, because like he yeah he made the science but he was it never really seemed like he was all about the science you know like he was iron man you know like he would work on his suit but it wasn't like like with um with shuri it's like she is she's working on a whole nother level you know like she's has all this access to this advanced technology and she's got the brains to keep pushing it forward i don't know like she's she was on another level from tony so it's almost like it would be a step backward to become like Tony. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm prob- I, I could, I could see that. Uh, we've, like you said, I pretty much, we've kind of, we pretty much knew they were going to go that route. It's the most logical yeah. way to go. Um, yeah. From, especially again, if you look at Dis- if you look at the MCU and Disney and and they and these and the uh, social agenda they seem to have that the reality is that it's not that it's not that surprising that it, especially at some point they might have wanted to go the Letitia right route anyway and so yeah I mean you know and it has precedence in the in the comics um I just you, you know honestly I feel like um the the one who played his ex 
in the movie. Lupita Nyong'o. Yes. Like, I mean, what would work, what, what I would prefer is if, like, you find out that he got married to her and as, like, you know, the queen, like, she would take over the role. Because I feel like, like, she wouldn't have, like, she doesn't have as much of an established, um, what's the term? Like, um, her, like a role, like, her, like an established role. Her slate is a little like, more blank. What was that? Her slate is a little more blank. I would say, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a good way to put it. I mean, like, Shuri, like, you know, like, she, I don't know. I mean, she'd make a good queen. She'd make a great queen. I just, I'm not interested in seeing her as Black Panther. I'm not gung ho for it, but I'm not I'm not as gung ho for Black Panther two anyway. I obviously would have been more gung ho with Chadwick Boseman, and but like yeah. everything else that's going on with the MCU, everything's so pushed back that we're getting that these sequels are going to be coming out so many years now. And yeah. That it at some point, I mean, it, it, the COVID, you know, this all these COVID inspired delays, which of course are destroying tons of things people's lives and industries and jobs and that the mcu is really you know they really are kind of taking it up the keister when it comes to a lot of stuff because the fact that so much that they, they literally lost an entire year of of i mean they lost a year of movies they mm-hmm. pretty much lost a year of shows since we know now the wandavision won't actually premiere until january 15th there you know we thought originally it was going to come it was going to pick up in december pretty much right after the mandalorian ended but they're gonna but it's starting in january instead we know uh with buck you know with falcon and the winter soldier that would have been the first show that would have been premiered but because of them filming in europe that got delayed yeah that all these del- all these delays i mean one after the other after the other now they're still making movies because they believe which i think shang chi finished principal photography and we know spider-man is filming now and, su- and supposedly doctor strange is going to be starting and thor is going to be starting soon and all these things, but it, the reality is they they are they are really going to be backlogged as it is, which you don't which is going to affect their plans. And then you have yes, and you have you have you have you have, you have, Gar, you have Guardians three, which what I think supposedly is supposed to start filming next year. That so we're talking the absolute earliest the Guardians would have normally been able to come out would be 2022, which now is almost a guarantee that it won't because of the fact that they're going to be so backlogged. Uh, yeah, who not? I mean, Black Panther was what 2018, right? It was right before. It was right before Infinity War. I, I think so. Yes, because Captain Marvel came out right before Endgame. Yeah. That. So you're looking again, bare minimum. I think Black Panther is still scheduled for 2022. So you're still talking. Well, yeah. I mean, that one wasn't on the slate. Uh, no, Black Panther, I believe, is on the slate. Are you sure? Yeah. Let me look it up. I think Black Panther. Yeah. I think. I think Black Panther has a May. I think they gave Black Panther the May. 2022 release date um if i could type it would be really beneficial and faster than the other and of course when you keep hitting the wrong keys that's not really helping your cause either uh, black panther yeah. 2 it says 2022 just on this let's see does it actually have a release date do 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 that's what i should have actually done search for the release date uh i know it says 2022 on May 6th, 2022, which is what it is now, so, which doesn't mean that it's not going to get pushed back because it very well might because everything else is still probably going to be pushed back. Um, yeah, but was that part of the announced slate? It was announced. I don't know if it was the Comic-Con announced slate. 
but it was announced. It might have been at the uh, what you call it, the uh, the Disney thing, the club. Okay, club. Yeah, I see. I see the the image for the May twenty twenty two. Yeah, but... because I think I think technically after that, Captain Marvel was supposed to be like the summer. I think of twenty twenty two. Either way, you look at Guardians. Guardians is almost destined at this point, unless something can't, unless something one of these projects falls through. Guardians may not even be to, may not even come out until twenty twenty three at this rate, which is ridiculous because now you're talking about six years since the last one. I mean, even Doctor Strange is pushing it. Doctor Strange was what twenty sixteen, I believe. I think Doctor Strange was November of twenty sixteen, and that's going to be about five and a half years. Barring any more delays. Yeah. So at some point, uh, all these things, they're going to have to figure out what the hell they're going to do. They're going to have to have either one massive one, – one, they may have no choice where it's not even one year. It might be a couple of years where they're going to have to release four or five movies every year because of the fact they have to catch up or else their, their original four- to five-year plan is going to be pushed to like an eight-year plan. <laughs> and you still have the X-Men and the Fantastic Four you have to figure out what to do with even though maybe they already know and maybe there's other movies – that some of these characters are going to first start appearing in. You know, a lot of people think Ant-Man's going to open the door for Fantastic Four and things like that. Even though Ant-Man 3 is yet another movie that is, when the hell is that going to be coming out? Because that's, that was, so. But, yeah, I I, I think with Shuri, it's going to be, it's, it's the most logical way to go based on also, what, based on their, uh, what seems to be motivating a lot of the decisions they make. It does does it inspire me to be any more th- interested in that project? No, but in all honesty, there's not there's really not a whole lot in but Phase Four right now that I'm interested in. I'm more I'm interested in Spider Man. I'm interested in Thor, depending on what they do with that. I'm interested in Doctor Strange the most. I want to see Black Widow, but I'm not anticipating it being overly impactful. It might, mm-hmm. depending if they're really paving the way for the Thunderbolts and shit like that. Shang-Chi, I know yeah. everybody else is more excited about it than me. It means nothing to me at the moment. It could be cool, but I'm not. The Eternals means, yeah. So I still, yeah. I still yeah. wish they would have, I'm sorry, I just still wish they would have, they would have been better served to begin with if they had a little more stability in the front, in front, in the front loading at least of Phase 4 than what they did, because now it's really, now, it could work in their benefit because people are gonna. It's gonna be wow, Jesus! I mean, we haven't seen this. We haven't seen a Marvel movie in the theater in like <laughs> in like two years. By the time we get by the time we get one in 2021, but it still would have been safer for them to at least have two things that people were you know absolutely knew it was gonna do well as opposed to rolling the dice on two or three first projects. And black and even Black Widow was not. Black Widow was a slam dunk. It would be a hit. But how big a hit it was was kind of shaky considering. So, I mean, I think it'll do better now. It may do better post-COVID, assuming things are back to normal at the theater, because the anticipation for that movie will have grown. But I, but I just think Marvel has a lot has had a lot of a lot of issues. So we'll have to see how that pans out. And the Shuri thing, obviously, the Chadwick Boseman thing has not helped. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Twenty twenty one is going to be weird. It's essentially going to be movies. it's essentially going to be 2020 and 2021 from a movie perspective all rolled into one. <laughs> well, if barring delays again, of course. I mean, yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's that's the the big if. Yeah, I mean, 
Are, are we a hundred percent sure that they're not going to just dump Black Widow on Disney Plus? No, you can't be a hundred percent sure of anything because that's at some point. Now, mind you, mind you, especially since Disney Plus isn't everywhere, that if you were going to dump one movie domestically on Disney Plus and release it like in foreign countries, I mean, Shang Chi might be the one to do that with because you assume you get the Chinese box office. Uh, I I don't think they want to do it with Black Widow because, in all honesty, on paper, Black Widow is the most slam dunk, huge box huge box office movie they have, especially domestically, and you factor it in. I mean, shit, Black Widow, there was an audience for, and the projections from Black I don't, Widow, you know, I, I don't get that. I don't see it. I think it's, be, I mean, in a way it's because I think a people's sentimental attachment to the character and, and her sacrifice on that level will, 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 will help. Or has helped, I think. Now it doesn't mean that the move that the the anticipation for this movie could end up being hurt by COVID nineteen. It's just based on where we were, the the actual projections for what this movie was supposed to be doing on opening weekend kept getting higher and higher as we got closer before COVID started, you know, just wreaking havoc and and then people started doubting whether the movie was going to open. I never saw Black Widow as a you know as a anywhere near a one billion dollar movie worldwide either, and it still may very well not be even if things are if it's released under quote unquote normal box office circumstances or condition. Yeah, I mean, I, like to me, I I feel like that's going to be like Ant Man territory. Uh, I logically I would agree with you, but I think the interest in, in that movie it was greater. I mean, I think they were. I mean, I think at one point they were talking about that movie was. You know the the upper end of their projections based on the way things were going. The current trajectory was that movie could have made was I think somewhere in like the I I want to say it was getting somewhere close to the between like the 130 and 150 like opening weekend potential and that would blow Ant Man right out of the right out of the water. Uh, I mean, I, I listen. I I love Scarlett Johansson and I like the character of Black Widow. To me. That movie always just kind of seemed like a bit of a tough sell because, one, the character died, so this is all, like, backstory. And two, as far as characters go, like, you're telling a Marvel superhero movie without a superhero. Like, she's just, you know... Well-trained. She's just a hero. Yeah, like, she's a a spy, an assassin, a well-trained one. But, you know, like, I mean, I also don't think that a Hawkeye movie would do particularly well no they probably but they should have if they were going to do one they probably should have done one with black pan with uh sorry with uh hawkeye and black widow together because that yeah. would, that would have then you're taking two supporting characters who who are good in the you know and people like them in in the avengers movies and you put and you put them together whether you were actually telling the budapest story or not we the point is t- seeing them team up even if it was obviously would still have to be a prequel yeah, I think I think that's one disappointment about this project is that it's that you that maybe, and it doesn't mean that you won't have a cameo for Hawkeye in this movie or something, but it but yeah. the reality is I think that is disappointing that he's not going to be a co you know co-starring in this movie, kind of like she co-starred in uh, Winter Soldier in things in things of that nature. Uh, but yeah, I mean I don't think any of the first three movies they had on their slate were, were on paper they all were weak. Compared to what they just, what they were wrapping up with, in, and I'm not even talking about Endgame and Infinity War. I'm just talking, taking a look at 
you know, what Captain Marvel did, taking a look at what Black Panther did, uh, even like Ragnarok, things like that. They were just, I think they were, all these movies were, were nothing, they were, not, none of these movies were stoking the fires of interest, which is one of the reasons why Comic-Con was so boring on their announcements, because they literally announced nothing that people didn't know. I mean, all these things had been rumored, and even the thing that would have been a big announcement about, about Thor 4 had already leaked a couple of days before. Everybody, you know, that was that whole thing about Natalie Portman coming back and and and, and yeah. Taika Waititi coming back. All that stuff was announced beforehand, so that would have been their big that would have been their big announcement. I mean, they talk about Blade all you want. I don't like. I don't know when the hell they're going to figure out when to fit that movie in. I mean, they have so many. Uh, being blunt, they have so many more important movies that right now are being backlogged. That when the hell are they going to? You know, if you talk about a one, talk about a movie that would be perfect to release on. Uh, Disney Plus, that's probably your one because of, because while that money while that movie could make money, very doubtful it's going to be making you know big you know Doctor Strange, Thor, Spider Man kind of money. Uh, regardless of you know regardless of how you how well it's done and, and and how well you know it's recasted, it just recast. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. I just I I think a lot of people are really I think there's a lot, little nervousness or. A little less enthusiasm for Phase Four because it ended so well. On, I mean, not that not that Endgame doesn't have its flaws. I mean, Endgame does have its flaws, um, but it's also highly rewatchable. But it has you know, but it has its flaws, and it's just pe- that that part of the MCU moving away from it, which I guess at some point you had to do. But the way they're beginning Phase Four, and they're just kind of like going here and going there with all these little obscure things, and I don't know. I I saw I never liked I never liked that idea. I think you know it's the Guardians thing was unfortunate. We know why they made that decision with James Gunn. Uh, it's just if, if DC, you know, obviously Warner Brothers gave zero f's about potential fallout from Masculine. They, they grabbed him quickly, and it seemed to be the right move since there turned out not to be a big public pushback, and no more stuff came out about James Gunn. But that 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 one decision is going to, you know, when you the, the dominoes the dominoes of that decision, uh, because Guardians three really, when you think about it, that probably really should have been one of the first things they should have done in Phase four. Wow. And that got yeah, taken that, completely out of for like for a year, not even like for a year. That got taken big. That pretty much took it off the board for like two years, right there. Yeah, but I mean, by the same token, like you know, um, I I think they could have the Guardians like pop up in any of these movies. Like you know, I mean, Thor would be the you know the the easy choice, but um. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have them pop up once just to show that they're still there, and then you know you see them again and tell whatever story you're going to tell. I mean, you know, like whenever they do these movies, it's just kind of changes the window as far as what story you can tell. You know, like I mean, like you know, for for Guardians, like if we're waiting like five years past um, Endgame, then you know, will they have gotten Gamora back? You know, are they still hunting for Gamora? Did they spend five years searching for her? You know, like... Well, yeah, I mean, supposedly the script hasn't changed much. That's what the rumor is, that there's been very little changing to the script, the fact that it's being delayed. And plus, we know the Guardians movies technically weren't... In real time, they were not... They were not... In a, they were not in chronological order based... Well, that's, I'm not saying it the best way... The, yeah. movie, the years the movies were released were not the years that the movies were really taking place in real time necessarily because the fact that we know certain things happened. Uh, well, well, the first two Guardians movies might have been because 
but either way, I, but there was something in the time frame because it was like because Guardians two took place what thirty thirty didn't it say like thirty years later after the the opening with Kurt Russell and 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 everything. So that obviously, uh, that's um, that would only take you to that w- wouldn't take you to twenty seventeen. That wouldn't take it take you. It would take you before twenty seventeen. I forget. The, I forget what year they said that was on in Earth. It might have. It might have been. But I don't think it t- took you to twenty seventeen when that movie was made. So mm-hmm. I think. So it could still. So depending on when it fits into the Marvel timeline, because we've had plenty of movies before that technically, depending, they may have been released after another movie. But when you when you look at the real timeline, that's not really where it fits in. Um, yeah, I, I mean. It's just—it's just disappointing in the way that because a lot of their bigger movies have been just because they were not, I guess, dedicated to making those movies first. That now, now it's kind of like the chickens coming home to roost on that level, just because of the fact that when the hell, because of now the COVID-related delays, which you couldn't really have predicted, it's like now you're talking about even more massive delays. You're talking about like four, like four, like. Three years, like three or four years since you've even seen these characters, let alone depending on how many years it's been since they had a solo movie or their or their mm-hmm. own movie. So there's not much, not much we can do about it. All all we can do is kind of hope that uh that next year is uh the 2021 on many levels is better than 2020. <laughs> uh, so one last thing before I let us, before I let both of us go. Did you see this? Oh no- man! No, you, you'll find you'll like you'll like this topic though. This go- this is going out. This is going out on a high note. Uh, not not that the Marvel wasn't, but this is now. Did you see the stuff about George Lucas and the supposed plans for the sequel trilogy? Oh God, I didn't even click on that. Now, of course, the thing with the thing whenever you hear stuff about George Lucas and the ideas for his movies, you have to you have to take it with a slight grain of salt because he is what you would call. No offense to George Lucas, and I would much rather see whatever he wanted to come up with compared to what we got. But that being said, he is probably what you would call in the business an unreliable narrator <laughs> because there have been lots of changes to different things and, and, and the history and this and that. And we've been talking how many Star Wars movies there were originally supposed to be, and yes, Anakin was always supposed to be you – know, Vader was always supposed to be Luke's father. No, he wasn't supposed to be Luke's father, blah, 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 blah. So you have to take this with a grain of salt. But supposedly, the story is going around now, and I think they come, and I forget which book it comes from. There's like a making of book that's coming out, and I think that's where some of these some of these sources, the source material is coming from. But supposedly, which mind you, and I say this supposedly because this seems to clash with some of the general ideas that were that we had heard were in the trilogy that George Lucas basically sold the treatments to. The Disney treatments that, that when he when he when he when he sold Disney and he sold those treatments that he supposedly got pissed at Bob Iger for because I guess they probably made more of kind of made it seem like a little bit more than oh yeah we might consider these he probably had reason to believe understandably that based on the conversations that that they were going to really use these as the blueprints some of this stuff doesn't seem to mesh but now the stories that are coming out is that if, if George, George Lucas sequel trilogy basically in, involved around the idea that which and I want to, and there's a, and I did want to mention this. There's a, something I want to mention at the end of this because a slight pat on my back, which we all have to do once in a while, which means nothing because this could be total bullshit. But it's, it's just, it's something that I wrote about after we knew there were going to be more movies. That supposedly Darth Maul was going to basically be one of the big, the like the big bad with a, with an apprentice in the sequel trilogy, and Luke was going to be basically whichever, besides training whoever whichever new Jedi he was training, there were going to be some like Jedi sur- 
some Jedi survivors from like Order 66 and mm-hmm. things like that. And basically, that was going to be driving the conflict and the fact that 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 that, ascent, that eventually Leia was Leia, you know, Leia was going to be. This is again revisionist history. So this is why, if Lucas really said it, you got to take it with a grain of salt that he would have done it. But it, that eventually Leia would have essentially been proven to be if not the chosen one, a chosen one, because she would have brought everything back from a, from a political and a, and a galaxy perspective, because you'd have the galaxy put back together again with her being Supreme Chancellor and, and, and things like that. Now, the thing that I found interesting about it, because just because, just because of the fact that, hey, that sounds a thousand times cooler than most of the shit that we got, and the stupid... Uh, and, the, and the idea that a character that did exist in an expanded universe anyway, Darth Talon, that she was going to be Darth Maul's apprentice, and I think she was going to be the one that was going to be tempting Ben, Kylo, whatever, if he would have been called the same thing or not. That that was going to be that was going to be the, temp- the temptress to get him to, to turn to the dark side. Besides the fact that it sounds intriguing, the thing that I personally I remember writing when they when Yahoo I think had their contributor uh, part of their of their uh, site or whatever when you could write articles and publish them. Shortly, I think after. They announced that they were going to be making more new movies. That I, I wrote something that you know the fact that they brought that maybe they're bringing bring. It was somewhere between the time they brought Darth Maul back into the Clone Wars and 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 the new movies uh, being announced uh, as as a done deal. That I said, oh, well, you know, maybe they're bringing Darth Maul back not just to basically just not to write out the Clone Wars and to give him a little bit more story. That. Now maybe there's a chance. You know how cool would it be if some if some way somehow he's he basically being the crime lord that he turned out that is that he turned out to be anyway that he, that he basically wrote it out and he made it past and he he lived past the emperor which of course would give him great satisfaction if he had done that but the idea of just seeing like Luke and Darth Maul square off and him actually Darth Maul being kind of getting the just due that he kind of was denied in a way to a certain extent in the original trilogy uh, the prequel trilogy. Uh, so I just thought that I just thought that was I just thought that was interesting, but <laughs> but uh, again, you you got to take these things with a grain of salt because Lucas has never one hundred has never been close to one hundred percent consistent. But yeah, that certainly would sound better than the hat that than the, a lot of the mess that we got in this trilogy. Seeing Luke do something would have been nice, other than raise an X-wing <laughs> and catch a and catch a lightsaber. Ah. <laughs> uh. Darth, Darth Talon had a cool design. Yes, yes, she did have she did have a she did have a cool design. So, and and there would be a certain and there would be a certain kind of irony to the fact that it's he you know with with his penchant for be, becoming a crime lord and an underworld figure that basically you know once the empire fell that he would that 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 syndicate would, would start filling the gap to a certain extent and and just him actually having his revenge in a way by outlasting. Palpatine after being complete, being discarded. Now I don't mind that Obi Wan was the one who killed him because from because that was part of Obi Wan's backstory before they retconned it. That's why Obi Wan didn't have to go through the Jedi trials to become a knight because he was the first one to kill a Sith Lord in combat and have it and like you know in like like a thousand years or whatever. So that so the <laughs> fact that he it was appropriate that he was the one who killed Darth Maul. I mean I thought if he if they were not going to have him survive into the next trilogy as in the sequel trilogy, I thought that's what they should have done. But it would have still been cool in a way if uh, if he had survived. It would have been a nice pep talk that Obi-Wan could have given Luke about Darth Maul. Oh, this bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I remember killing him. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> go for the... I'll go better. Trust me, Luke. Listen, 
Trust me, Luke. Listen to Thanos. Go for the head. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and on that. And on note, that note, anything you anything you want to add? Uh, nothing at all. Works for me. Uh, lanterncast at gmail.com. The website is lanterncast.com. You can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Hashtag GLCast to track us down on either one of those. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, so please leave us a positive review on whichever platform or platforms you listen to us on. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail or text, 708-LANTERN is the number. And let us know what you think. And next episode, tentatively, uh, hashtag Chad's not dead. Uh, he's supposed to be back for recording the next episode. So at this rate, this episode probably will not come out to today's, what, the 12th? Probably will not come out to um, the Tuesday or Wednesday after this. <laughs> but uh, probably the probably it would be the if we do record the episode we release for Thanksgiving would be, in theory, it should be with Chad. <laughs> Chad should be back. Oh, maybe he'll want to do Green, the, the Green Lantern number nine. Uh, I bet you he won't. <laughs> but I think I think when we. I'm going to suck it up and actually pay to watch Bill and Ted so we can have a nice, easy episode to bring Chad back and something to make Chad feel all warm and fuzzy. So that is the te- that is the tentative plan for the next for the next recording. May not happen, nice. but we're just saying that that is what the current game plan is for a nice, rel- nice, comfortable, easy episode. So so Chad Chad and his recovering colon don't have to stress out too much. <laughs> oh, man, nobody wants a stressed out colon. Oh, boy. Okay. Good night, everybody. So long.